हेलो एवरीवन एंड वेलकम टू अवंतिका डिजाइनरिंग सीरीज और एडीएस एस वी लाइक टू कॉल इट एवरी वीक ऑन वेडनेसडे वी फीचर डिजाइन एंड टेक्नोलॉजी लीडर्स हु शेयर दर प्रोफेशनल जर्नी दर थॉट्स ऑन दर डोमेन ऑफ वर्क एंड डिजाइनरिंग वेर द वर्ल्ड ऑफ डिजाइन एंड इंजीनियरिंग मीट मेक श्योर यू फॉलोअर्स ऑन सोशल मीडिया इंस्टाग्राम लिंकड इन फेसबुक एंड ट्विटर एंड विद दैट लेट्स कंटिन्यू विद योर शो As the world of user-centered design evolves, designers need to focus not just on empathizing with the users but also on understanding them at a psychological level. It provides a deeper understanding of human behavior and helps designers see things from the user's perspective. It makes giving memorable moments and meaningful and inclusive customer experiences easier. How can designers use user-centric design principles to create an impactful overall customer experience? To know more about this theme, in this episode, we interact with Sandeep Karmarkar, Director of Design at Nutanix. With over two decades of work experience in design management and leadership, he holds expertise in coaching and mentoring design operations, user-centered design, data visualization and much more and that's why on our journey of discovering designering we talked to him about designing pixels to designing careers hello sandeep welcome to avantika designering podcast series it's a honor and pleasure to host you on our show today thank you rohit really happy to be here and super excited for the conversation so as an icebreaker question sandeep our mindset frames how we see the world we have to be an optimistic learner who seeks understanding as a way to guide our actions the question that i have for you is how can we adopt a learning mindset to explore the process more deeply to come up with the best design solution interesting question so uh, in my opinion when we really talk about coming up with design solutions as we all know design is really problem solving and in order to really arrive at the best possible solution i think one needs to understand the problem really well uh, what does what does that mean i mean we really have to understand what is the problem that we are trying to solve you know whom are we really solving this for are there any existing constraints about uh, this problem getting solved uh, if you know how our users are actually going to solve this uh, or if they are already solving it in a particular fashion all of these are cues that uh, you would know to really understand what is a better or probably the best design solution and of course in that process one has to be sort of curious you know asking all the right questions and also observe continuously about what is really happening if you end up coming up with a design a solution is it really working well and of course at the and uh, the most important part is really showing empathy towards uh, the problem and also people who are going to really uh, get happy with what you end up doing as a solution so i think those are uh, probably ways to really arrive at coming up with the best possible solution to a pr- particular problem super i'll in fact pick out that one important word in 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 the 
uh, thought that you were sharing, which is being happy and how it really actually affects uh, the way we design a solution in, in, in terms of if you're feeling very good about it, if you're feeling very happy about it, uh, I believe naturally the solution is a very, very creative solution out there. Yeah, I mean, it shows up, you know, it's it's very hard. Uh, I mean, as we all, all always say, you know, uh, if users are happy, they definitely talk about it. Uh, you will hear it in some of the other forum. And if users are sad, you absolutely will hear about it much more than actually when they're happy. So it, it really is out there. You will get different cues based on which industry you're part of. But uh, definitely the feedback uh, always uh, comes back to you. Nice. So on that happy note of setting the context, moving on to your personal journey, having more than two decades of experience in the design industry. And over the years, you partnered with some of the most iconic brands out there. Can you drive us through the last two decades and tell us about your professional journey? Did you design this journey to be the way it is? How, how did all of this happen? Sure. Uh, it's a very interesting question. So, I mean, as Steve Jobs said, you can only connect the dots looking backwards. So quite honestly, uh, I had sort of, sort of a direction uh, that I had in mind in which way I would like to take this journey in the beginning. But of course, you know, as they say, you really try to go in life from point A to point B, but what really happens in between is called life. So in in that regards, I started my career uh, uh, way back in uh, 2000, and I would say I sort of went through the journey of from designing pixels to designing careers. What I mean by that is, uh, started my journey uh, with a company as a visual designer, and we were in e-learning, and I was really responsible for first taking care of smaller pixels, you know, iconography and illustrations and whatnot. Uh, we were making content in flash-based uh, technology uh, back then. So I ended up also learning a lot about uh, technology pieces. Uh, but uh, I think more importantly than that, I really had the opportunity to work with some of the great people, great leaders, extremely empathetic in terms of sharing information, You know, having real good uh, understanding and maturity to build designers around you. And I think that was kind of foundational in my career if I really look back. Uh, so spent about five and a half years in the e-learning space and I really wanted to not get into design management, although I had an opportunity back then. I chose not to do that because I still wanted to sort of satisfy the designer within me. Uh, I, I felt four years is not good enough time. I should probably spend a little more time into it. So sort of horizontally moved into uh, Symphony Services. That was my second company. Uh, was consulting with uh, two different companies from Symphony. Thoroughly enjoyed the space uh, and the work that was uh, really doing. But I, I felt that I really wanted to move on with a product company because the consulting mode was uh, exciting in one particular way. But I think I realized in consulting, you typically do not have a complete ownership. You consult and, you know, based on the contract, uh, you at times do not get to do the end-to-end -end work. Uh, so after that, I sort of moved on to Oracle. I was uh, heading the human capital management uh, portfolio from India. And that was almost like the beginning of the enterprise journey that I've had for last uh, almost 13, 14 plus years now. 
uh oracle gave me a very different uh, space because enterprise design back in those days was something that not many people knew most of the times people look at enterprise design as kind of boring but uh, it's actually one of the most challenging areas in design because typically you do not have uh, great access to users you may not even know who the users are many many times uh now i guess that situation has changed drastically but i guess uh, back in those days there used to be almost uh this thinking that okay this person is an enterprise user of course that's not true because ultimately the same user is using you know the newer gadgets back then like the iPhones and of course uh, there was an expectation that you know the same individual would like to have better experiences uh then moved on to Cisco uh, spent again 5 years designing lots and lots of uh, products uh, for internal Cisco customers as well as for our Uh, external customers uh, really taking care of the designing of these very technical and complex like dashboards and all of those pieces again extremely important uh, from a career standpoint because i've met some of the best uh, designers uh, in cisco and also that sort of gave me a perspective about uh, from a design management standpoint or design leadership standpoint what is that ideally a leader can do and you know sort of create the sphere of influence up until recently when uh, nutanix uh, is my current company spent 5 years here uh, had a fantastic opportunity to start the design team always wanted to do something from scratch uh, like starting a design team and there was no better opportunity than this particular one started the team from scratch uh, built it to like 19 people really strong team and strong culture extremely happy and satisfied with the way i think uh, we have grown and just amazed with the maturity the talent the growth that i think i am now able to see so right from designing those pixels earlier to you know taking control over not just pixels but probably the entire screen to then flows uh, then sort of information architecture you know entire end to end journey to really at the moment really talking about how do i create experiences and uh, processes so that designers can actually feel that their career is growing so designing career is it's been phenomenal last 5 years and really looking forward to do much more in the same space going forward wow that's an interesting thought i got hooked on to designing pixels to designing careers that's a beautiful thought and 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 you know sticking to that thought i wish to ask you that you've been instrumental in developing multiple brands in the uh, design community leading strong teams of designers with various specializations like interaction design graphic design data visualization and and more the question that i have for you is how do you cultivate a mutualistic practice that turns a group of people into a team yeah uh, i think uh, the way i look at this is it's all about setting a common goal and it starts really from the time you hire and as i said you know in the previous uh, question uh, when you do things from scratch i think you have lot more liberty you have lot more luxury to actually do what is right of course you may have certain challenges uh, in terms of you know taking over a team who probably may or may not know or understand the common goal so the communication pattern would be slightly different but uh, my hiring philosophy has always been attitude over skills 
the cultural fitment aspect is extremely important. And to me, uh, I believe if you have the right attitude, even if you do not have the right skills, uh, people can help you or you can easily acquire those skills. So uh, when we are really talking about these different talented individuals really coming together and working together, it is very important that you have the right attitude to understand that all of us or all of the people whom you are going to work with are trying to solve a same problem. It's a common goal. And you are putting in your own expertise into it. For example, spoke about data visualization or you know visual design or illustration. Effectively, these are complementary skills, but everybody who is coming with these skills is looking at this from their own perspective. They are owning, they're wearing their own expertise hat and really trying to see how best their contribution is going to be to achieve this common goal. Absolutely. I, I think that's quite interestingly put in terms of how all of us need to work towards that common goal of adding value to the customer, ensuring that they are delighted, they are happy, they are satisfied with uh, the products that uh, you know we're creating and how all of us actually work towards achieving that together. In fact, we design uh, Sandeep in the era of the customers, as, as I was just mentioning. And customers' involvement in design process leads to better products, um, say, that solve real-world problems for people. I wish to know, how can we involve users in the initial stage of the design process that usually revolve around immersion, observation, and, say, contextual framing? Yeah. So, um, I think... These days, the sort of common practice is uh, definitely going towards creating these uh, sort of design workshops uh, with uh, end users, or you can almost call it like a collaborative brainstorming sessions with the end users. And again, depending on the industry that you're part of, uh, sometimes it becomes extremely easy for you to really interact with your end users and sort of having this common shared understanding of empathy with uh, not just end users, but also the stakeholders. So I think what is really important, the meta point is to see how best you could involve your users uh, in the process of making with people who are going to make it. So uh, what really happens in that scenario is that the users end up feeling elevated and almost uh, uh, having a sense of, I think I'm really helping someone to do something because that person or the organization is going to do something right for me ultimately. And when you create these ecosystems in the form of like customer advisory boards or, you know, sort of user testing or contextual inquiries, as you spoke about, uh, really visiting the end user spaces, uh, what you really do as designers is you increase your empathy about not just users, but their environments and in the profile in which they would be using your product or a service in this particular fashion. And I think having this very active ecosystem is extremely important because when you have your users starting to feel that they are being heard first, and you know there is a company uh, who is actually investing time and energy in me to really understand what my suggestions are, you are actually creating like this system which is really, really super scalable. And then you will see a lot of these uh, folks who will actively participate and giving full support uh, in really evolving what you otherwise would have 
created just sitting in isolation. So it's a very important aspect. And I think it goes a long, long way to have this active participation from the entire user community. Hey, did you know Nutanix was awarded the 2020 top rated award in the server virtualization and virtual desktop infrastructure category by Trust Radius and was listed as a top rated HCI system. Absolutely well said. In fact, you know, Sandeep, I wanted to stretch this thought a little. And, you know, if, if you see designers have superpowers, they understand people on intellectual and emotional levels and can make people think, feel and act say, in a certain way. They help users to readily process the visual stimulus that they perceive in an easily uh, digestible format. The question that I have is, how can designers create digital products specifically designed according to the psychological perceptions of the human brain? Yeah, so, I mean, when we talk about these uh, digital products, I think it is still very important to know that ultimately, no matter what we end up doing, uh, is ultimately for people. And, you know, people have certain ways in which uh, we perceive information because I think most of the human brain uh, is going to function in a particular fashion. So I think what is really important in this uh, context is for designers to really understand and study a little bit about human brain, how, you know, information is really going to get perceived, you know, thinking about simplicity, why simplicity is more important and why sort of the cognitive overload and the complexity is hard for uh, average Joe but also some of these individuals in your user base might be with special needs, you know, thinking about people and inclusiveness about, you know, uh, things like accessibility, which I think now is becoming a, a very well mature topic in design industry. But I think there's still a lot more that we will have to do, especially uh, if you are designing interfaces and products for uh, people with disabilities or special with uh, special needs or people with uh, limited motor skills. All of those are really important aspects because all of these individuals from their own perspectives, as they say, you know, users are never wrong. It's only how we look at things can be wrong. So if you really understand all of these, the perception of how your product or service is going to be used by a specific human being in this particular case might vary slightly, but there are at a high level, at least some patterns or some grouping that you can really think of. And then uh, it is really important then to say when you're creating your user groups about uh, a particular product or service, how do you best make sure that for a normal user base or a type, what is that you have in the system? And let's say for someone who is uh, having you know, some specific requirements, what is that you can do? Like uh, simplest example is um, on the phones you have increasing contrast, increasing fonts, or having those accessibility features. It's a very nice way of making sure that you are being inclusive and really taking care of multiple uh, user types in your design. Well said. In fact, while you were mentioning about uh, creating products and services for uh, people uh, you know, who have different requirements, uh, different use cases, that brings me to my next question in terms of uh, the strategy uh, aspect. In fact, 
if 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 you were to get into say the users uh, aspect of it humans love a simple compelling story but we need to shift away from simplified binary thinking more than ever if we want to design truly sustainable futures we need to acknowledge our actions implications and consider the immense complexity of our world as well sandeep the question that i i i, I wish to uh, ask you is how can organizations explore and shape their strategies according to the tensions arising in a complex and uncertain world and 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 all of us went through that um, the last uh, entire one year so 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 how how can uh, this be bridged yeah i think it's it's going to uh, first it's a very good question and i think uh, sustainability in general is going to be extremely crucial as we move forward and yeah as you rightly said the world is changing really fast uh, honestly uh, we do not plan say beyond 2 to 3 years and uh, it really comes down to the basics of really making sure we have ways in which we can keep ourselves nimble at the same time you know in some ways it's just about solving a problem uh, is not going to be appreciated i mean you have to think about what indirectly or directly the way in which you are solving a problem is going to create uh, or you know just going to impact in the ecosystem for example uh, th- there has been a lot of uh, roar about uh, how amazon ended up using their packaging material uh, and at times you felt okay wait a minute my the 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 product that i've really ordered is a smaller size but the pack is really big is it really going to be sustainable and i think they have done a lot of good work where they have very consciously made sure that the waste is limited because ultimately uh, since the world is really changing fast around us it's important that you know beyond just solving a particular problem we take slightly bigger lens and really look at are we really doing right by just people uh, in uh, it is important then to tweak your strategies accordingly this also means i think that organizations will have to think about just the implementation and also their ability to change fast in this world because from engineering standpoint this might mean that uh, let's say if you were to accept a change and the change could be as simple as like recent few examples where say company have designed uh, to change their logo how easy it is going to be for you to actually change that in the product because the way it is going to be architected it might be easiest task or it might be really really painful and ultimately yes designers can sort of drive the uh, agenda here but unless you have the entire ecosystem uh, including the implementation strategy service strategy uh, it's not going to be super easy for you to even change according to the tensions uh, so i think the whole a uh, system when you are actually going through creation of a product service and the whole uh, sort of touch points that users would have have to be carefully thought uh, about and sort of almost uh, there has to be this design thinking applied in all of these just so that uh, from a serviceability standpoint from the change management standpoint it is easy and you could still do what is right uh, as things are changing around you interesting and again taking a cue from what you mentioned in in you know while you were talking about this is 
creating, you know, or doing things that are right for the user and keeping the user in the center. My, my, you know, my next chain of thought and, and, and the uh, question that I have for you comes from there, that if we walk a mile in the user's shoes, um, it's the most used proverb in designer's dictionary. It helps designers to be in close contact with customers and emerge a deeper sense of empathy. But how can we use this tool to create ethical designs that respect the privacy of customers and users? So when you spoke about smartphones, when you spoke about creating the right product for right usage, I, I, I wish to know your thoughts on 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 creating ethical design that respect privacy, which is which is also off late become a huge concern. Um, you know, while while all of us are using digital products. Yeah, absolutely. I think privacy or just respecting users uh, is is going to play a huge role uh, if it's not already. So yeah, I mean, it's a great question. Uh, so typically, if you really look at uh, problem solving uh, at uh, at a high level, you can categorize this into perhaps two different ways in which you can solve this problem. One could be, as we are all uh, aware of, the design centered, which is user centered design, which is called the UCD principle. And there could be another way of looking at this, which is called the business centered design. And if you come purely from a business centered design, some of the fundamental philosophies and the approach that you may have to really solve a particular design problem would uh, automatically vary uh, just because I think you probably are putting business first over users. And that's when you would probably see some dark patterns, as it is called, uh, getting really created in the space. And uh, personally, if you ask me, I mean, it's almost like the dark pattern is a way to make sure there is almost one-way entry, but you really don't know an easy way out. And I'll, there are several examples all around us, which is, you know, you sign sign up for something which is a service and it keeps sending you SMSs or is uh, as simple as, you know, you sign up for something, it's a newsletter. Uh, even if they give you an option to unsubscribe, uh, pretty much never it is that easy. Uh, you talk about, registering a product or you know taking up something and the dark pattern is unless you subscribe to us we won't let you in uh, so there are plenty of examples where a business might by design actually make things hard for users uh, or almost make it in such a way that even if you want to uh, users might just find it difficult and they just give up and i uh, from a design or sort of ethical design standpoint feel I do not uh, propose or recommend those patterns because ultimately, yes, I mean, everybody's in this business uh, is to make money, but I think you cannot leave your ethics behind because ultimately all of these are going to haunt you. And I think the other angle that you uh, sort of touched upon from a privacy standpoint, I think security is another angle, which uh, at times from a design standpoint is also sort of overlooked. From a testing standpoint, it is overlooked. Uh, so there are these uh, white hat hackers uh, and there are black hat hackers, which is basically hitting it, uh, you know, hacking a system really to see if there are any vulnerabilities, you know, and things like that. So 
especially the privacy concerns can also get amplified or aggravated if you haven't done the basics of security or like the advanced level of security because i think with some basic knowledge uh, there are systems which can be easily hacked and i think all of that is really not true uh, and uh, should not be really considered or uh, for uh, you know followed as a practice so from a design standpoint it is really important to also almost take a use case when you're designing a product or a service if somebody is there in the system to break something which is the, the sole notion of okay i want to just break this which is a worst case scenario especially true for banking and you know data critical applications i think the designer has an additional responsibility to really figure out how do i make sure that we would not allow uh, like the privacy breach or a security breach in this ca- in this fashion or if somebody with that unethical intent is coming in the person can be stopped and otps and you know the additional two way authentication system are just example i think where we have solved this to some extent hey did you know the washington post named nutanix one of the top workplaces in 2020 in the dc area nutanix was one of 200 companies recognized and insight was gathered from employee satisfaction within the company interesting in fact while you were talking about sms's um i was just thinking about what kind of pain uh, some of these uh, messages are and um, uh, uh, you know how how annoying they are in fact you know when you look at it from the other angle uh, sandeep differentiation is a synonym of design and design strategy helps in achieving uh, the differentiation it diverges substantially exploring all kinds of ideas and then brings analytical tools to evaluate the potential of the uh, ideas created the question that i have for you is how can designers define intertwined experiences between brands and peers to deliver memorable moments for the end user interesting uh, so when you really look at and if you really dissect the memorable moments if you really go back and ask yourself what were some of the memorable moments that you probably had in your life or experiences from a experience design standpoint you'll probably arrive at a smaller set and typically it is about uh, you know you or someone going extra mile to solve for almost like an unexpressed desire or uh, almost like the aha moment so uh, you know really talking about personalization and creating some aha moments for the user is perhaps one way where you can do this and i'll give you some examples if you go to uh, you know paytm and i ended up actually uh, recharging uh, sort of a dth recharge on paytm the next time i was on paytm trying to do this the the previous number and every other detail was just remembered assuming that i'm going to come back and do pr- probably the same action now did i actually express that as a desire no but was i really happy it was a memorable i mean the reason i'm talking about it now just makes uh, the point very clear that it was memorable because somebody or in this case uh, the product ended up doing something that i don't i did not even ask for i'll give you a similar example from say a human context if you go to a restaurant or if you go to any hotel and if they come to know that uh, you know you have a special occasion uh, it could be a birthday or anything of that sort they will typically try and you know sort of give you a surprise or please you by you know either offering free buffet breakfast or any of that uh, so you really do not 
ex or you haven't expressed that but the moment it is coming to you you suddenly feel oh wow aha great i'm i'm really happy all of these are ways in which you first make this extremely personalized at the same time making sure that you are creating some memorable moments or experiences for your end users and there's one more example that perhaps that i can talk about which is let's say you go to a particular restaurant often uh and you go to a restaurant and you typically order a particular dish uh, how uh, how satisfying it is let's say a waiter walks to you and says uh, sir how would you uh, what would you like to have today is it just the usual menu that you typically try and you suddenly feel oh wait a minute i don't even have to express what i typically do because like let's say swiggy or zomatos would typically know what you order in this case this human is actually making sure that they know my personalized taste and they're also indirectly helping me to sort of not process too much of information and almost guiding me in that so i think those are some memorable moments for me and in general the meta point is if you really put an effort to remember your users or know much more about users eventually you will find users remembering you absolutely um and and doubtless in terms of uh you know creating these delightful moments uh to ensure that you know uh, there's a high uh, uh top of the mind recall for your brand and uh, you know that leading to loyalty in 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 the customers ecosystem and while sandeep we can keep talking about the user and um, you know uh, the experiences around them i i would want to bring uh, the twist of the technology world to this so the digital world is moving towards more immersive experiences in fact it is only a matter of time for uh, 3d and extended reality to become standard in product design understanding changing technologies is crucial for creating product design and say vr experiences the question that i have for you is what are some of the new emerging opportunities for user experience designers and how can they expand their tool set and adjust to the latest technologies yeah i think uh, as you rightly said there were the 3d the virtual reality or mixed reality uh, is going to take on a lot more so when i look at it uh, in terms of sort of the emerging trends i think service design in general which is either you talking about not just a product but really going beyond a particular product and really talking about the end to end service design experience because in that space you might have several touch points uh, before the customer is actually going to consume a particular service i think that's that's definitely emerging a lot of companies are actually putting a lot of effort on overall customer experience now this might just not be about physical or any tangible products or interfaces but ultimately what a customer at the end of the day is really going through as an experience yes i think the virtual reality uh, designing for virtual reality design for mixed reality or sort of Uh, augmented reality we have already been seeing a lot of uh, new products services in that particular space so i think that still continues to be uh, an area where designers absolutely can add a lot of value because uh, you you have a very different world and i think uh, having a designer who can really think from a again empathetically from user standpoint in a space which is completely new like 
uh, virtual space uh, is is really going to be very very exciting i also feel that uh, game design is again one area where user experience designers can add a lot of value uh, i mean some of the famous games uh, you know from epic games if you see like fortnite uh, they actually work with uh, ux and experience designers to figure out how to make I mean, it's it's the game is designed so nicely that it's almost addictive. Now that's the downside of it, but uh, you know you have designers who are actually making sure all of the complexities of the game design are almost simplified. The interface is really taken care of. So again, it's a very different way of uh, you know applying user experience practices into a very different industry, and of course the sort of ever increasing smart devices, you know, smart cars, smart bikes, you know, have digital touchscreen on electric bikes and all of those things are absolutely new and it is definitely going to pose new set of challenges you know be touchscreen based challenges or you know environmental based challenges and you would definitely would need to have a designer who can very empathetically think about all of these different areas that we just spoke about uh, and effectively solve problems where you just don't feel like you are almost you know in total control of technology i think the most important challenge i think as we move on uh, will be to make sure the designer uh, is almost driving this point that the user always feels that they are in control wow sandeep um, how i wish we could continue our conversation for a longer duration but in the interest of time it brings me to the last question we've coined a term at avantika university called as designering which is a blended approach to design and engineering and that's how we are coaching our students at the university the question that i have for you is do you think that all of these ideas could be weaved together and help young designers create something outstanding first of all yeah i mean i i really like the term Uh, i've always believed that designers uh, should definitely know the technology in uh, whichever space that they're in to really understand and then hence create better design experiences i mean if you really talk about uh, printing as a technology if you are let's say a graphic designer who mainly interacts with printers day in day out or perhaps would be working in that space it is paramount for you to know how offset printing works i mean if you don't know printing industry you perhaps can't do much similarly architects cannot ignore the knowledge of civil construction and all the nuances of that so in the user experience space again i've always been a believer that you know as a designer you should if not uh, no coding but at least know the limits of uh, what is really out there what is really possible and i think uh, from what i understand you guys are actually trying to combining these two otherwise not so connected spaces uh, so first kudos to you know having this blended approach i also know another place which is iit gandhinagar they also encourage actively their students to take on a design course at least one design course short course irrespective of the disciplines that they come from which is it could be even chemical engineering for that matter but i think overall it's it's a great initiative and i would really hope that you know a combined knowledge not just about design but even engineers coming from engineering side having design knowledge again can go back to this common goal that we spoke about and with that common goal then create really immersive memorable experience to solve some very critical problems that we are all going through and are going to come across in the future so good good initiative 
Wow, Sandeep, thank you so much um, for that parting thought. It has been a pleasure uh, interacting with you. I'm sure there's so much more to talk to you about, but we'll leave our listeners to connect with you on social media and actually uh, uh, connect with you offline to discuss more on this. Thank you so much for doing this and inspiring our listeners, giving them a direction uh, in their design journey. Thank you, Rohit. Thank you first for the opportunity. And yes, it was a wonderful conversation. I hope uh, at least, uh, you know, there are some thoughts that would be intrigued and I'm happy to have people connected to me on any of the social mediums uh, to really take this conversation forward. Again, thank you very much. Hey there, we hope you enjoyed our show. Do write to us on ads at the rate avantika.edu.in. We look forward to your opinions, feedbacks and suggestions of speakers you would like us to host on this show. Do tune in our channel next week on Wednesday for a new story on Hubhopper or wherever you get your podcast from. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter. Twitter.